FOMO. My name is Patrick J. McGinnis, and I'm a FOMO sapiens. And since you're here, I'm going to bet that you are too. And when you're like us and Monday comes around, you don't dread the new week. No, you wake up every Monday morning knowing that this week might just be the best one yet. This is Faux Monday, the snackable show that starts your week right with hot takes, life hacks, listener mail, and even some FOMO therapy. Welcome to Faux Mondays, the companion show to FOMO Sapiens, which of course will be back with a full episode on Thursday. But until then, happy Faux Monday, best day of the week. I'm your host, Patrick J. McGinnis, venture capitalist by day, author and podcaster by night, and FOMO Sapiens 24-7. Now on Thursday, a great guest, Patrick Schwarzenegger. Now you know Patrick, well, you might know him for his acting or for his modeling or for the fact that he's from this, you know, pretty famous family. His mom is Maria Schreiber. His dad is the man himself, Arnold Schwarzenegger, former governor of California, actor, all the things. And Patrick, you know, he's a person who is building for himself an empire. It's very interesting. And it started out with angel investing. It's now an entrepreneurship. He has a new brand called Mosh, which is a brain centric wellness bar that he started with his mom during the pandemic. And what I liked in our interview, and you're going to hear all about it Thursday, is just hearing about the perspective of somebody who started out as an angel investor with a thesis on an industry and then built upon that thesis to start a company. And I really like that. And one of the things that's kind of cool is that we've had some of Patrick's companies come on FOMO Sapiens in the past. You might remember Super Coffee. So the founder of Super Coffee, his name is Jimmy DeSico, came on FOMO Sapiens. And this is the first time I heard about Patrick, actually. He wasn't on my radar up till that point, but I heard how he'd been an angel investor in Super Coffee. And then I kind of, I did a little Googling and I found out he had a little prolific streak of activity and a real portfolio of interesting companies. And then I was checking out his Instagram and I was sort of like, this is interesting. He's talking a lot about entrepreneurship. So he was on my radar, but then all of a sudden, he came and said, you know, can I come on FOMO Sapiens? And I was like, this is perfect. You know, it's sort of funny how these things happen. So I was excited to have him on the show and to talk about all these things. So we're going to get into that with him on Thursday, but it also made me think about my own angel investing. And I'm sure some of you have also been angel investors or have raised money from angels. And I just thought about the fact that, you know, we are in this time right now where the good days, the good times are over in a lot of parts of the world. Not everywhere. I was in Serbia a little earlier in, in the fall of 2022, and everybody was saying there's so much capital on the sidelines there that you know the good times are going to roll for a little while longer, maybe never stop rolling for all we know, just because there's so much VC that's been raised. But in the US, there has been a pullback. VC fell about 30, 40% last quarter. So we're seeing a big change in terms of volume. And what does that mean? It means that everything just kind of slows down. And as angel investors, you know, we too have to adjust to that world and we have to live with the consequences of the deals we might have done when things were a little spicier. So that is the kind of stuff that's going on in the in the, the wider world. And that doesn't mean there's not going to be angel investment or that we shouldn't be angel investors, but it's more about thinking about, you know, what have we learned, right? And I have been an angel investor. I think I made my first investment in about 2012 in a company that uh, was called WeHostels. Eventually it was first called InbedMe, which is 
That's a naughty name. And that is a company that was started by Diego Sias Heel, who was on earlier this season. But that was where I got my start. And then I continued and continued and continued. And, you know, here we are today. I've done you know, a lot of them. I'm probably north of 10 at this point. And some of them have gone really well. And some of them have gone very poorly. But, you know, that's the point of having a portfolio. And so I've I've learned a lot in the process. And what I want to do today is share with you what I have learned or what I've seen around in the old world of angel investing and let you know what I'm thinking about it and how I'm kind of viewing the lessons that I've been able to collect, hard-won lessons sometimes over the last couple of years. We will talk about that right after the break. FOMO. Tudo bem, meus queridos FOMO sapiens. Now that right there was Portuguese. And as you know, I love speaking foreign languages, but I'm not alone. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off that list with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Now, FOMO Sapiens, you know I speak four languages, and it takes work to stay on top of them, especially with French. C'est difficile. But with Babbel, I'm able to practice practical conversations that I can actually use in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash FOMO. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash FOMO. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash FOMO. Rules and restrictions may apply. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, or delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you improve efficiency by bringing all major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. And with rising prices everywhere you look, you got to do the math and save money. Good news. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. So head over to NetSuite.com slash FOMO. That's NetSuite.com slash FOMO. NetSuite.com slash FOMO. FOMO. All right, everybody. We are talking about angel investing. And just to start out, I will define angel investing. Angel investing is when you make an equity investment in an early stage company, and a lot of times there's not even a VC firm in there. It's sort of like a bunch of individuals. Angels are individuals. Maybe they come together and work in concert as a fund, but it's not some pool of money where you have a professional manager investing on behalf of a bunch of investors in that fund, right? Angel investors really range from friends and family to you know really successful entrepreneurs like I mean, all the all the big Silicon Valley types do this. Peter Thiel and all these others are like investing in everybody's companies. That's that's the culture of Silicon Valley. That's what angel investors do. Now, here are my six things I have learned as an angel investor over the last decade. Number one, you don't have to invest a certain amount. So 
when I first got started, I got to tell you something. It was, I didn't know how much I should invest. I was really unclear. And it seemed like the number that everybody said was, oh, minimum 25,000 and really 50,000 is what you got to do. And so, you know, I'd meet with these entrepreneurs and they would say, yeah, 50, you know, I could take 25, but 50 is kind of my number. And some of these companies were extremely early stage. And frankly, I mean, I probably shouldn't have invested at all because I didn't have high conviction, but I was chomping at the bit to put some money to work. And so I remember one time the entrepreneur said, well, I think my minimum is 50, but I could do 25 for you. And I said, how about five? And he said, yes. And I was sort of like, wow, that's insane. Now that company did not survive. So the 5,000 instead of the 25, I'm very, very thankful. Now, obviously, if you only invest five and the company you know, makes five times its money, you get 25K, which is great. But if you put 100K, you get half a million. So you know the impact of it, it is smaller. But I think it's a great way to get started dipping your toe in. Put a little bit of money into something that you like and you're learning. And that's kind of what you do in the beginning. And by the way, another thing to think about is sometimes I just remember thinking the person would say to me, I really want you as an investor, but I, you know, my minimum is 50K. And I thought, well, if you really want me, you could be more flexible. And that's what happens. If, if they really do want you because you can be helpful in some way or another, you can just kind of negotiate what makes sense for you. You want to feel comfortable. And that's why 10%, you know, 10% entrepreneur, you want your portfolio of angel investments to never be really more than 10% of all of your money. And in fact, if you look at the stats, the average angel investor in the US high net worth individual, they, they have about 10% according to the Angel Investment Association. So worth thinking about. Don't feel like there's some minimum that you have to hit. Number two, don't invest in strangers. So I, you know, it blows my mind. I don't know about you guys, but I get all these people on LinkedIn who are sending me these messages telling me to, you know, they'd love me to invest in their company and I'm every company under the sun. I will never do that. If I don't, you know, just have context on your industry and who you are and make sure that you're serious and we have people in common that can vouch for you. No. And that's why AngelList is so crazy to me. The idea of investing via the internet and people you don't know, it's like playing video games with your money. So if you're raising capital, keep that in mind too. It's really not very helpful to raise money from a bunch of strangers because you're not building an investor base. If you need more capital, you're not going to go back to them. It's going to be really hard to get those people to support you in the future. No investing in, it's like anything else. Don't, don't do anything with strangers on the internet, okay? Whether it's investing or other things, not a good idea. And it's just a, it's not a way to invest. It's much more interesting to have a thesis, to meet people, to network, to find companies, to get involved, to try to add value, to get them excited about why you're there. All that stuff, very important. Number three, this is not a short-term game. And this is one thing I might have, I don't know, when I started out, somehow I thought that angel investing was like a job. But here's the thing. It is if you're super rich and you don't have to work. But for everybody that still has cash flow needs and needs to generate you know, some sort of income, angel investing is a lovely complement to that kind of thing. But you, it's not a job. It doesn't pay you until 10 years later because the average angel deal takes... Seven plus years. I, I'm, all the good ones take longer. Like all my good ones are in year 10. 
you'll get a little bit of money out maybe like a dividend or something like that. But really the big money is made over years and years. And if you are waiting for that money, you are going to be very impatient. Take it from me. I have lived this. Don't make my mistakes. Just know that you're building value and wealth in this thing over the long run. But to, to sort of expect that you're going to see anything in the first couple of years or even a little longer than that. Nope. And so you must be patient and you must be emotionally prepared for the wait. And it isn't fun. It's terrible. And you hear these stories. I mean, I could go on and on, but people who have huge paper gains and they can't get at it. So it's rough. It is the nature of the beast. Know it going in. Let me save you all the pain and you will be so much happier. Just understand it's a long, long wait. All right. We got three more tips, which we will have right after this commercial break. FOMO. FOMO. All right. And we are back with three more things I learned as an angel investor, hoping to give you some wisdom that I have learned the expensive way in order to save you, I don't know, heartache, financial ruin, all the things that could be results of angel investing. If you don't know what you're doing or you don't think about it the right way, it's not easy. Okay. Let's start with number four. Okay, this is actually, okay, I, I should stop being negative because this is actually super important, which is when you're angel investing, you can lose all your money, right? But you can only lose one times your money. You can make many, many multiples. So I have companies I've invested in as an angel where I've pulled out more than 10X and have more to go. And that is really great. Now, obviously you gotta sell before you see that money, but... It, that's the whole point of diversifying. You're going to have companies that go nowhere fast. You're going to have companies that look promising and then just blow up. You're going to have companies where you get maybe your money back a little bit more. You're going to have one where you make like three or four times your money. And then if you're lucky and smart and things go your way, you could make tens or hundreds of times your money. That is the game. So you just need one, just need one. It makes it all feel a little bit better, but that's how it works. You just got to be ready for that reality when you get involved in this kind of stuff and know that, again, you can only lose one X your money, but you can make many, many times. And that's the power of angel investing is that crazy return that you can make. I just read something the other day about the seed investors in a company called UiPath, which is out of Romania. When it went public on the New York Stock Exchange, the earliest investors made something like 660% return IRR, which is like many times your money. I mean, it's hundreds of times the money. So these things happen, not every day, but they do happen. And over the long run, angel investors tend to make really good returns, you know, north of 30% IRR, stuff like that. So just keep at it and understand that you're building a portfolio over time and that you got to be patient, as, as I said before, and then you can pull out some nice returns over time. Of course, understanding some of them, they're not going to go anywhere. All right, next. This one, I love this one because it's so true. They're not going to call you. These these entrepreneurs, these founders, they're not going to call you. You got to call them. And in fact, I am. it's kind of mind-blowing how few entrepreneurs even provide any information. It's like they're whining and dining you when you need your cash. And then the minute you give it to them, it's like, ciao, see you later. You never hear another thing again, which is, by the way, entrepreneurs, don't do that. If you want people to invest in your next company, unless you you know kill it, if you ignore them and you just do okay or you don't do that well, they're just going to not want to invest with you again because you haven't respected them. So you have to call the entrepreneurs. You got to stay on top of them and ask them what is going on. 
You know, when you're in year six, they've forgotten about you a lot of times. Maybe, maybe, maybe you're a value added part of the cap table and they call you for advice and help and that's great, but probably not. And so you have to call them and also set expectations when you invest. Ask them what their plan is. Get it on paper. If you invest and they say they're going to update you on a quarterly basis and then three years later, they're not doing it, got to call them up, tell them what to do. All right, final one. Oof, this one's tricky too, but it's real. It is not necessarily all that easy to invest with friends. Now, ironically, I've invested with a lot of friends and I will say it's a, it's a plethora of experiences. You get a little bit of everything. You have one friend where you're kept very much in, in touch with the information and you get really good sort of vibes and, and the company does well and everybody feels great about it and you all make money together and it's just wonderful. You'll have some where it just goes downhill and the person is embarrassed and doesn't want to tell you and that's dramatic. You'll have others where... It's just like it kind of infects your relationship and it's hard to separate the pre-existing friendship with the business relationship. You just want to stay away from that. So what I would encourage you to do is have a real conversation up front about expectations and also really endeavor to separate the company from the person. Understanding that the person who you've given your money to must be ethical and do all the things they said they were going to do. But say you invest in a company and it's your family friend or somebody in your family or somebody you went to school with, and it doesn't go all that well, you do still want to be friends with the person. So you want to make sure that you preserve that relationship. It would be really sad to lose all your money and lose your friend in one terrible deal. Now, it's another thing if they, you know, take all your money and go to Bora Bora and have a great time with it, then you cut them off. But otherwise, you never know what will be next. Entrepreneurs, they get better with age. So maybe it's the next company that's going to succeed. All right, so those are my six big lessons. I mean, I have more. I could go on for about 33 years, but I'm just gonna stop there because you know you have things to do. <laughs> okay, here they are again. Number one, you don't have to invest some minimum amount. There is no rule. Number two, no investing in strangers that you met on the internet. Three, timelines are long. Be patient. Four, you can only lose one times your money. You can make many, many multiples. Five, Entrepreneurs aren't going to call you. You have to call them. And six, investing with friends, it's a mixed bag. Some nice things, some not so nice things. Just be prepared. Have that hard conversation up front. Have another one in the middle and at the end. But just know that it is potentially tricky and you want to be ready to deal with it. All right, that is it for today. Until Thursday with Patrick Schwarzenegger. Go out there, look for some cool companies to invest in, and take care of yourselves, FOMO sapiens. FOMO. If you like today's show, please be sure to rate it and recommend it to your friends. And as always, you can find me on Instagram at Patrick J. McGinnis, on Twitter at PJ McGinnis, and on the web at FOMOSapiens.com or PatrickMcGinnis.com, where you can get all kinds of free resources to live a more decisive and entrepreneurial life. FOMO. Want more FOMO Sapiens and FOMO Monday? Head over to FOMOSapiens.com where you can listen to past episodes, learn more about the show, and find out how to advertise. You can also connect with me on Instagram at Patrick J. McGinnis and on Twitter at PJ McGinnis. 